3: Hi, and welcome to Wednesday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. We're glad you've joined us, as always, and looking forward to being with you for about the next hour or so as we get together, answering questions about the Bible from the Bible, looking at current events through a biblical perspective, what we hear in church. Is it made up or is it really in the Bible? Maybe you've just been reading your Bible, come across something you don't understand, or maybe someone's asked you a question Hey, that's why we're here for you, live radio every weekday afternoon at this time to answer your questions. And so if you've got a question you'd like to ask us, that number to call again, 8888 ask CSN's the number to call. And it's toll-free. You're welcome to be here. we got some lines open. As a matter of fact, if you call right now, you'll be able to get on. Joining me today's special guest featured CSN speaker comes on after To Every Man and Answer, Jeff Wickwire from Turning Point Church, Fort Worth, Texas. Hi and welcome, Jeff.
4: Hello, Mike. Good to be with you today. Looking forward, as always, to a great show, great questions. We've always already got blo- some of them lining up on the call lines, I see.
3: Yes, I know. That's great. Um, things going on in Texas. How's how's uh, how's the state of Texas doing, the Lone well, Star State?
4: Yeah, and the Lone Star State is sort of lone right now. Um, well, not fully. The, the uh, governor of Arkansas has taken a stand with, uh, Governor Abbott. Um, but bottom line is it has to do with the illegal immigration issue and, uh, Governor Abbott, of course, uh, put razor wire up along different entry points, uh, the river and so on and so forth to keep the, uh, people from crossing illegally. The Biden administration protested it inexplicably. I don't know. It's hard to understand. So why. No
3: reason why he would, but razor- yeah.
4: But so it it went to the supreme court and again supreme court uh ruled five four that um they had to remove the razor wire so it's like here's a governor trying to protect his state which he put his hand on a bible and swore to do made an oath to do here he is trying to protect us from a literal invasion It, it is it's not just a few people trickling over it's Oh, tens on. of millions of oh, millions, yeah. tens, it's, and, it's tens millions. and
3: tens uh, it's and tens. It's insane.
4: And so he's trying to protect us. And here comes another individual who put his hand on a Bible and swore to protect the people of America, that being Joe Biden. But he won't let Governor Abbott protect the state. He wants the illegal immigration. There's there's, there's no question about it. It's beyond dispute. He's opened wide the borders. He's well, and no one knows and who's and coming thought, across the border. Oh, yeah. You got terrorists, terrorists coming, coming across? across the border. Yeah. They prove that. Yep. Yeah, Chinese nationals. You've got, um, yeah, there, there's been all kinds of people, people on the terror watch list. Jeff, do you think he's deliberately doing it to
3: collapse the I United do. Because this is a treasonous thing that he's doing. There's no, there's treasonous. no reason. For behaving like this, and then you have loons like MSNBC saying, "Oh, something must be done to stop the truckers coming to help." You know, what? Would they, would they, yeah, you know, are are they from? Yeah. Are they from the for the uh, complete annihilation of America? Evidently, they must be in their in their strange news
4: reporting because yeah. it makes no if sense. you look at it logically, you just look at it and dissect it. Forget religion. Forget looking at it biblically. Just if, as, as a human being who can use logic and common sense and who can deduce based on facts. You look at it, and there's no explanation but that it's intentional. It has to be intentional. He could call out the National Guard today, today, and stop it, and does not do it, and it stops anybody that's trying to stop it. So here you have the unbelievable sight of an American president um, calling a state governor of Texas, Governor Abbott, uh saying that he's doing something illegal to uphold the legal law. And so we're just yeah. in a crazy time it's It's just crazy. Well' it's the end of America,.
3: I really believe Jeff, uh, we're at the end of America, and uh the, and people say, well, what does that mean? well you're you're going to have a one party system um the communist party of course they're 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 um they're following textbook marxism uh really in everything they're doing and of course equipped with the american news media that can't tell a story straight if they had to and uh, these are the problems that, that we're faced with in our country right now. Oh, but the GNP they brag about was so great. Oh, the economy is doing great. The economy is terrible, everyone. Again, the American news media lying to you. Well, why was the numbers of the GNP so high, the gross national product? Well, you have literally tens, 20, 30 million illegal people entering your country buying Sofas and toasters and blankets and sheets and all these different things that they buy. And that drives up the gross national product. Oh, see how good everything is? No, because all the money they're buying these things with are your tax dollars that have been deferred from doing what they're supposed to do and free money for the illegals. And so when you see the GNP, what you're seeing is really how much money Free money has been given away to illegals and it's amazing that we'll go clear to, clear to, uh, you know, a- a- across the sea as an example with, with all the things going on in Europe to protect their borders and we won't do a thing to protect our own and we don't even know what's coming across that border. But they do and that's why they're out to destroy America. They really are treasonous. They really are. Uh, I don't believe, of course, Joe Biden is doing this by himself. I, I, I believe that there's a much greater dark force behind Joe Biden, as I believe he's a puppet personally. But uh, mm-hmm. it's for the end of your nation and uh, yeah, I mean, Mike, you American know, greatness. There's
4: no, there's no, the, no uh, way around it. If I could just say real quickly that we had there was on YouTube a, a video. I think it happened yesterday, day before yesterday, of illegals in New York City attacking the police. And the police were being um aggressed against, uh, they were being struck, they were being attacked, they were being resisted by illegals. So you look at that and you know and you go, Okay, let them increase another few million. Do they respect our laws? No.
5: They they, they, broke they the came lot across of in the illegally.
4: So so they're not gonna respect our law uh, upholders, they're not gonna respect the police or anything else we do, but Here they are attacking police in New York City, and it kind of gave me a creepy feeling, Mike. I'm looking at it, and I'm going, this is definitely a foreshadowing of what's going to come more and more and more as this invasion increases because uh, they're not going to abide by our laws. And uh, So that was just sort of in microcosm, what I think is coming in macrocosm, if this keeps up.
3: Yeah, it's going to look like some... Mad Max movie or something? I guess I don't
4: know. You know, yeah. the Bible says
3: when you begin to see these things, look up. Your redemption draws nigh, and I think really, Jeff, myself, you, all of us that um, uh, talk about these things, it isn't. It isn't that we're trying to be political. We're trying to tell everybody the end of your nation is now. It's over. Do what you can do while you can do it. Because we know we're headed for a one-world order, a one-world, basically, dictatorship. And America must be collapsed. And that's exactly what they're doing. And so, uh, again, you have to understand the lateness of the hour. These things we say, the book of Revelation, Jesus talking about end days, whether the Old Testament or other places in the Bible, not to scare us. But to say, hey, look up, your redemption draws nigh. Be about your father's business. I don't believe we're going to be here that much longer. I keep telling everybody, look for the upper taker. Let's go to Steve, Rimrock, Arizona. Hi, welcome.
5: Hey, Mike. So good to uh, be able to talk to you and Jeff. Hey, I I got a couple things I want to say to you uh, uh, before I ask you my question, okay? Uh, One is, I I just want to uh, say, praise God. For 10 years, I, I've been asking my pastor at Wayside Bible Church in Sedona to please uh, uh, preach on the book of Revelation. And he started about over a month ago, and he's doing an absolutely fantastic job. And uh, our Bible study is growing, and, and, and our church is growing, and the interest is just so great. And I always told him, I said, uh, Paul, I know it's, you know, uh, creates. Uh, uh, division sometimes in this, that, but I said, you know, preaching, preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. Cause that's, we're strictly a Bible, Bible preaching church. He doesn't, he doesn't do anything but teach a, a whole book of the Bible. But I'm, I just want to praise God that, that uh, my pastor's doing that. And the other thing was yesterday I was listening and it was so cute. That girl who called and said that, uh, well, uh, if there's no male and female, uh, you know, uh, in heaven, then, then I guess angels are it's, but I just wanted to say that I think Jesus was the perfect example of, of the resurrection. And he, of course, he was resurrected as, as a man. Okay. Uh, 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 as far as being born into, uh, to, uh, the human race, which I praise God for that we have the Lord Jesus, but, uh, women are beautiful. Men are beautiful. And I believe, women are gonna be raised as women, but no there will be no more uh uh sex, there'll be no more having children, no more marriage. And as far as I'm concerned, we we will have no need to go to the bathroom anymore because our bodies are gonna be pure. And if there's anything that needs to be uh done when we when we eat a little uh fruit or off the vine, I believe our body will dissipate our glorified body will dissipate it and we'll we'll never see anything. There will be no cesspools or or, uh,
3: Nothing. It's going to be a perfect world, the Bible tells us, um, and uh, ah, we're all looking for that. Steve, how can we help?
5: And I, I, just, I just wanted to let her know that as, if I was a woman, I would be so glad what's coming, especially for women in heaven, that Jesus will be the head of us all, and we'll all be betrothed to him,
3: Amen. We are. That's who we're going to to be. You have a question for us this more uh, this afternoon?
5: Yeah. And the other, th- uh, what what my question was, Mike, is uh, I uh, I've heard you say it several times, and and my my pastor does the same thing. We've been in the last days for two thousand years, which I understand. I've always thought that, uh, but it's the latter years that is going into the tribulation and stuff. And I just believe. I sincerely believe October seventh was the beginning of Jacob's troubles, and we're, and if you if you go through all the Old Testament uh, prophecy books, how God was going to allow the women to be ravished and raped, and, and uh, 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 just the the uh, uh, mayhem. That's going on in October, uh, October seventh.
3: Yeah, sure, Jeff. Showed... What do you
4: think? You think you think it's Jacob's trouble? Uh, no, October seventh, no. or do you think that comes think halfway
3: I... through the tribulation?
4: No, I think that October seventh was, you know, uh, the Jews have been under attack forever. They've been uh, assaulted like this. Um, you know, all the attempted genocides throughout history. You know, I've just been reading the Book of Esther. There's an attempted genocide of the Jewish people way back under the Persian Empire. They've always been under attack. But the time of Jacob's trouble is just that. It's a particular time uh, slotted in God's timetable uh, for uh, Israel to come under tremendous attack. And uh, we've always believed that, and commentators agree, and the scriptures teach that this is the second half of the Great Tribulation period. And you read about it in in Jeremiah 30, verse uh, 4 or 5. It starts out talking. Jeremiah says, I see, I hear a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. And then he says in verse 7, that day is great. None is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. Now, when the name Jacob is used, it's a reference to Israel as a nation. Uh, Jacob being the father of the 12 tribes and Jacob's name, of course, later became Israel. So the name Jacob is standing for the nation of Israel here, the Jewish people, and the prophet Jeremiah saw a particular time period where uh, Israel would experience unprecedented persecution, unprecedented attack, unprecedented trouble. Then when you jump down into the New Covenant and you hear Jesus uh Prophesying in Matthew twenty four, Luke twenty one, Mark thirteen, where he describes this time of Jacob's trouble, uh and and uh, describes it as a time of tribulation, unlike uh anything that has ever been seen, and if those days weren't shortened, no flesh should be saved. And uh so and then when you go down to the book of Revelation, you have it in vivid living technicolor. We're really seeing the time of Jacob's trouble. Uh, laid out for us in all of the judgments, but particularly the last second, second half of the Great Tribulation, which is for sure worse than the first half. This is when Antichrist will walk into the rebuilt temple. He will commit the abomination that makes desolate. He will turn on the Jewish people and unleash a level of persecution they've never seen. And it is the return of Christ that stops it. When Jesus comes back, lands on the Mount of Olives, puts an end to the War of Armageddon, and uh, to this incredible assault against the Jewish people, then uh there you have the the time of Jacob's trouble being ended. But it'll last three and a half years, and there's nothing like it in the history of the world re- regarding trouble for the Jew, nor will there ever be like it. Mike?
3: Amen. So, Steve, I hope that answers it for you. Stay online. Send you out uh, Atheist Delusion by Ray Comfort. Brand new DVD we uh, got in. And then, of course, the movie Jesus and uh, God of Wonders, coupled then with Time to Grow. Think you'll enjoy all those. God bless you, Steve. We've got a lot of calls here. Let's go to Karen, Oregon. Hi, welcome.
0: Hi. Thank you, pastors. Um, so, I have a nephew who has had a tumor behind his ear for a number of years, and it's a tumor that's supposedly not cancerous. It's not supposed to grow, but it has grown immensely, and they are now having to do surgery on it, Mm -hmm. and I'm calling for prayer um, for the surgeons, for him. He's a godly man who has an extreme sensitive nature that he just sees troubled people, and he just walks up to them and prays for it with them, and because of the brain surgery, he's going to lose his hearing probably in that ear, but also mm-hmm. um, frequently you have to learn to rewalk and talk and, and that sort of thing and somehow this family has been, <clears throat> I'm not going to say cursed, but oppressed. They have multiple issues all the time and just lost their father about three years ago and it seems like they have been, I've been on my knees for this family for um, years. 30 years. And I just want so much for him to, I know he's, he's faith. He, he knows that whatever comes mm-hmm. is fine.
4: Well, why don't but we pray, Karen?
3: Yeah, Jeff, go ahead. And, and, and the yeah. question she has too.
4: What is the name again? Of this um, his man? name
0: is Nick, Nick Sims.
4: Okay. Let's pray. Lord, you know who Nick is. And we do pray that you'll be with him in this operation, be with the surgeons. Lord, we ask you to be the unseen great physician in that operating room. We ask you, Lord, that no matter what they say, that it does come out better and uh, to the glory of God and with a more of a good report than a bad one. We thank you for it. We ask you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that because two or more have agreed together, you've heard us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
3: Amen. Amen. And Karen will be praying. Please let us know how it comes out. Stay on the line. We'll send you out some books some DVDs, okay? Thank you. God bless you, dear. And Thanks so much for the call. You know, I love taking things to Daddy because he can fix anything. Let's go to Al. Hesperia, California. Hi, welcome.
6: Hey, how are you guys doing today? Good. How may we go?
3: Yeah.
6: Uh, well, I just want to say I appreciate the program and all of your input. And uh, the things you share, and uh, also Jeff, I'm I'm praying for Texas and for Governor Abbott to stay strong, man. Uh, Amen. I appreciate Amen. that, Governor. He's the kind of government every state needs.
4: Yes, he is. And, uh,
6: but, but I'm going to get to my question. I've uh, been studying uh, First Peter chapter two, and over there in verse thirteen, it talks about submission to the government. And uh, mm-hmm. also, you read over there in Romans thirteen, and I'm struggling with that stuff right now. I mean. Uh, I do pray for our leaders of our government, state, and federal. As much as I disagree and despise them, I do pray for them. And I'm just wondering, uh, is there a limit to how much obedience we need to show to them? Because I know over in the Acts, where Peter said in Acts 529, we should obey God rather than men. And uh, you know how they were back, especially in COVID, they tried to shut down the churches and said they weren't essential. And and I just need a little help uh, in clarifying this stuff. And maybe I need to humble myself and just say, okay, I need to uh, submit and obey on that. I have a problem with this. So can you help me? Well,
3: Al, the, the problem is is that I'm I'm loyal to to our Constitution. I'm loyal to the Bill of Rights. I'm loyal to law. The problem is the people that are in power right now are lawless. And so we have basically a puppet government going on. Within the United States, they won't obey the laws. You know, there's nothing wrong with our immigration laws. It's the federal government and this particular president, especially, who will not enforce the law. This is why Governor Abbott, going back to our first part, had to take the law into his own hands because the law clearly says what Abbott is doing is right. No nation has a right or anybody has an, a right to overrun your borders at the tune of 80 million people. What do you think that's going to do to your your uh, supply chain, your infrastructure? No country in the world can handle this. And instead of them abating it, no, they're trying to get more in here. No, I think what Abbott is doing is very, very important. I think every state should be doing it. And I'm afraid, unless something is done pretty soon, there's going to be a division between those who are law-abiding, who obey the laws of the land, us, versus the lawless ones, what we find right now in the White House and the whole Democratic Party that thinks having your nation overran by foreigners, and we don't even know who those foreigners are, illegally breaking into your country, taking your tax dollars that were never meant for this kind of faulty roll and fiddle dee No, I think this is where we're loyal to our Constitution. We're loyal to our government. I'm not loyal to a communist takeover. And friends, I believe personally, this is where the United States is heading. They're doing this on purpose to destroy America. I don't think you, if you can stack two nickels on top of each other, you can see what they're doing is extremely wicked. And they're doing it to destroy American culture. Pure and simple. That's the way it is. Something else kind of interesting. They've been doing some surveys of people coming across the border. Do you realize most of them are single males between 18 and 30 years old? Now, who are they going to marry in the days to come? You ought to think about this. And then when you look at France, who they say will be a Muslim nation, By 2040, that's only 16 years away, it will be a completely Muslim nation because the Muslims will outnumber the French. So all the politicians that will be elected will be Muslim, and France will cease to be. Bonjour. This is the problem that we're finding now everywhere because they're out to destroy America. There is no reason. And if the fentanyl pouring across the southern border wasn't enough, it's, it's everything else they're doing, defunding the police, every single evil thing they, these guys can do to weaken America. It seems that they're front and center on this. And so when you understand how bad What they're doing to America really is, personally, I wish the United States military would just go in, seize the whole group of them, and try them for treason. There's no reason to let your borders be overrun by tens of millions of people to destroy American culture. Friends, there's no excuse for it. They're doing it on purpose. They are the enemy. And the American news media is right there with them, helping pump the poison. We're in scary times, Jeff.
4: Yeah, Al. It's a there does come a time when you must um, exercise um, resistance, or, or just say, you know what, I'm just not going to go there. Like for instance, if they came out with a law today that said I must involve myself in an abortion, then I'm gonna I'm going to immediately step into civil disobedience. And with Peter and the apostles uh, in the book of Acts that you refer to, um, they were being commanded not to preach in Jesus' name. Didn't matter what they went and preached, just don't preach in Jesus' name because that's what was causing all the trouble and getting the devil so upset was preaching in Jesus' name. So Peter said it right. He said we must obey God. Now, many of our laws uh, come from God in this respect. They come from the Ten Commandments which came from God. So thou shalt not murder. Well, that's from God. So, of course, I'm going to obey always and evermore that particular uh, law because it comes from a good source. But again, if I'm commanded to murder an unborn baby, I'm going to say no way at all. I will never do it. Do with me what you want, but I'm never going to do it. You can't go against your conscience your God-given, Bible-sharpened, Bible-informed conscience. Paul was huge about this. Paul said, I I make it my my, uh, lifelong goal to never stain or offend my conscience. I want a clear conscience, because I know I'm going to meet God one day. So we must keep our conscience clear. And the days we're headed into, it sure looks like we're going to be seeing sometimes when Christians in America are going to have to practice civil disobedience and say, I won't do that. I can't do that. That goes right against the Word of God. It goes against my God-given uh, Christian conscience. I will not do that. And I, I think that's going to be a trigger for some real, genuine persecution in America. Because if you love God, there are certain things you simply will not do. And uh, so I think that's where we're headed, Al. Al. But you're right. Uh, When it's a God-given law, hey, like Paul said, like Peter said, you obey it. But if not, then you've got to make a stand.
3: Yeah, the Bible says they'll say what is good is evil, and evil is good. America doesn't even know what bathroom to go into anymore. Hey, we're coming up on a break, everyone. We don't want you to go away. We're going to have a whole lot more Jeremy Man and Answer coming up right after this. We'll be right back.
0: In 2007, when Dan Steiner, president of Preborn, cried out to God, What can I do for you? The answer came loud and clear.
1: I sense God's broken heart over the issue of abortion. You see, he sees every little baby that's being formed in the mother's womb, and it breaks his heart to see when the lifetime that he has planned for them is taken from them violently so often. But if we can get a mom into one of our clinics and show her her baby, and she has that... A close encounter of the best kind in her womb. She will choose life.
0: Preborn Network of Clinics have rescued over 200,000 babies from abortion. To learn more about the life-saving work of Preborn, call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY or visit preborn.com. That's preborn.com. All gifts are tax-deductible. Your love can save a life.
7: You know, these days, so refreshing to get some good news about how to pay for health care, especially if you're 65 or older, you know just how brutal costs can be. Well, MediShare now has a new option for you. It's called MediShare 65 Plus, plus. and MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, and it really is a community too. People encourage and pray for each other. If you've got Medicare Parts A and B, MediShare 65 Plus fills in those gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too, because it starts at only $99 a month for up to 10 years. And it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access, prescription savings, dental and vision savings. Just very worth looking into. MetaShare 65 Plus is taking applications now. And if you call with the promo code SHARE before January 31st, your second month will be free call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-S-H-A-R-E. (laughs) 833-90-SHARE.
3: to welcome you back to part two of Tilbury Man Answer here on this Wednesday afternoon with Jeff Wickwire. I'm your host, Mike Kessler. We went to the break. We were speaking with Al about obeying the laws of the land. And, of course, we want to do that. We want to be good citizens. Unfortunately, we have a um, group of people right now in the White House that love lawlessness and reward people who break in our country with, well, free money. Um, these are real problems, everyone, because you can only put so many straws in a pop bottle. Your infrastructure of your nation can only handle so many people at one time. But the idea is to overwhelm America, overwhelm the system and let it break down. And then out of the ashes will come their new beautiful communistic America. Oh, yeah. Just what Hitler, just what, uh, uh, Nikita Khrushchev said in 1957 we will bury you and will never fire a shot. It's exactly what they're doing friends. And they're right on schedule. Oh, they masquerade as Democrats, but you listen to John Kennedy, you listen to, uh, to Harry Truman. Um, the people today don't talk like that. No, they hate America and they're out to destroy our culture. And it's very obvious when you see what they're doing again, just the fentanyl alone would cause any rational president to close the border down until we can figure out what's going on here. But there's more deaths with fentanyl every day than all the guns combined in America in a year. More people die of just fentanyl, number one killer of kids in our country. But uh, the Democrat Party, for some reason, uh this kind of crime doesn't bother them. A party of the people, they say, hmm. things that make you go. Hmm. I don't think so, Al. Be about our Father's business. We want to be good citizens of heaven. We want to do what's right. And again, we want to bless our fellow man. Hope that helps. Stay online. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs. I think you'll enjoy, especially Atheist Delusion by Ray Comfort. I think you'll enjoy it. Okay?
6: All right. Thank you very much. God bless you, guys.
3: Al, God bless you. Great question. Let's go to Susan. Grand Prairie, Fort Worth, Texas. Hi and welcome.
2: Hi, pastors. Thanks for taking my call. Um, So I have a question. Um, In church, we are talking about how at the um, resurrection or the second coming that Christ will return to earth and rule on this earth. And so I was talking to my sister about that, and my sister was like, no, that's not right. The Bible says that God is going to uh, destroy this earth with fire, and your pastor is teaching you wrong. And so I hmm, I do remember a part where they say that this earth will be destroyed with fire. So I couldn't quite answer that or um, know how to respond, so I told her I would just have to do some research So um, that is my question. And if it's okay, I'm driving. So if it's okay, if I hang up and just let you guys answer.
3: Yes, you can, dear. And that's good and great question. And again, yes, God someday will destroy this earth with fire. And that's at the end of the millennial reign of Christ. And Jesus, in fact, does rule and reign on this earth for a thousand years after the tribulation period. Jeff, your thoughts?
4: Yeah, she's she's right and you're right. It's just a matter of timing. And um, Jesus has to return first. He returns at the end of what we were talking about a moment ago, the Great Tribulation. And when he comes back, reading out of the book of Acts, Acts chapter one, verse eleven, when Jesus was having his final meeting with the disciples before ascending back to the Father, uh, he tells them, Look, don't worry about the times and the seasons. Just get about, uh, you know, preaching the gospel, uh, carrying the kingdom of God into the world, um, because only the father knows when he's, when I'm going to come back and when all these things are going to be wrapped up. So he then began to ascend and they watched him disappear into a cloud. Now suddenly there was an angel standing there and the angel said, you men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. In other words, he's coming back the same way he ascended. Well, where were they when he ascended? They were on the Mount of Olives. And Jesus ascended from the Mount of Olives. And we know now from many of the Old Testament prophets that when Jesus returns, his feet will land on the Mount of Olives. So here the angel is telling them he is going to come back And when he does, it will be to the earth. That's talking about the second advent. And when he comes in the second advent, he will proceed with the judgment of the nations, and he will set up, I hate to put it this way, but he'll set up shop in Jerusalem. That is, he'll start to rule the world, the thousand-year millennial time period, out of Jerusalem. And Isaiah says, in Isaiah 2, verse 2, it shall come to pass in the last days, That the mountains of the Lord's house will be established in the top of the mountains, will be exalted above the hills, and all nations will flow into it. And many people shall come and say, Come and let's go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways. We will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. That's describing the millennial reign of Christ when All the nations on the earth will travel back and forth to Jerusalem, be taught of the Lord, and as the prophet describes in another place, the glory of the Lord will literally fill the entire earth. Then at the end of that millennial time period, that is when the elements, according to uh, Peter and others, will melt with a fervent heat, and uh, God will uh, create a new heaven and a new earth, and that is where eternity truly begins. So, hope that helps Uh explain that, Mike.
3: Amen. I hope that does. And uh, <laughs> thanks again for the call. I think we might have lost it there. But uh, I hope that answered it for you. Um, Again, so important in these days. Let's go ahead and go to Daniel, Norwalk, Connecticut. Hi, welcome
8: Hi um uh, gentlemen thank you first and foremost God bless um so in um, if you would in Philippians one fifteen through eighteen when uh, Paul's talking about those who preach Christ uh, for different motives, I found that very fascinating because he at some point says'm um, paraphrasing you know uh, regardless as long as Christ is preached now. Would you help me kind of uh, kind of move that forward uh, to today? Because today, when we hear people talking about Christ or different motives, it's kind of run for the hills. So, would you help me put that in context to uh, the time frame in which Paul meant it and how it applies today, both uh, realistically and cautionary?
3: Well, of of course, uh, motive is everything, uh, and a lot of times motive is not revealed initially. Sometimes it takes years. Sometimes it's, uh, for pride. Sometimes, of course, it's for money. Uh, I, I think some of the things that have been done in the name of the Lord, uh, to raise funds, money, begging, miracle wallets, uh, you know, special anointing oil, you name it, they're trying to peddle it. I think there's all those kinds of things that are out there. And I think these are, uh, some of the things. Now, However, I do and actually have seen people with completely wrong motives and people actually get saved, not because that person is good, but because the truth of God's word is good. And I think this is why Paul says, nevertheless, again, I rejoice. Your thoughts, Jeff?
4: Yeah, what I love about these verses, and they have ministered to me many times, is Paul's in jail, and so you have people preaching the gospel where he can't, he's, he's in chains. So they go preaching. Now, some of them were preaching the gospel with the same pure motive that Paul would have preached to see people come to Christ. But others were doing it literally to get his goat. They they were trying to irritate him to be a thorn in his side because they knew that he loved preaching the gospel and that he was not free to do it. So they were literally, uh, and I believe this has to be referring to Jewish people because the Jews hounded Paul everywhere he went. I mean, if he was free and he was traveling, every town he went into, they followed him into that town. They followed him from town to town, stirred up mobs against him, persecuted him. Um, and no wonder he said the wrath of God is is filled to the uttermost uh, regarding them. Um, but here they're preaching to get his goat, to make him jealous. And what I love about Paul is I call him the attitude King or the king of, of an overcoming attitude, because instead of letting it get to him, he says, Hey, you know what? If they're preaching the gospel, even if it's for the wrong motive, you go guy, because the gospel is the gospel. And, uh, I can't stop you from doing it. I, I, I just pray that people get saved, even though you don't have the right motive. Now, if, if you as a minister are dealing with, um, you know, jealousy, maybe there is a, somebody out there that's being more successful than you or they're coming against you and trying to hinder you, then this is a great verse to read and get some victory. Say, you know, I can't control what people are doing. I can't control what they're saying. I can rejoice the gospel is going out and God will deal with their motives. So uh, rather than get his goat, Paul stayed free on the inside. So it's a tremendously uh, positive passage. And uh, so those folks just kept on preaching for however long, and God, I'm certain, one day dealt with their wrong motives.
3: So I hope that helps.
8: Yes, sir. Thank you. So for clarification, you know, uh, I guess as long as the Word is being preached correctly, and that's discernment, obviously, but the motive is really between the person and God. So uh, preach away, preach exactly. but, you know, uh, awesome. Uh, thank you, gentlemen.
3: Yeah, and I, I think this is why the Bible says, make your calling and your election sure. What does that mean? I, I believe that being sure is, are you in it for the right reason? Are you doing this because this is really what God's called you to do? And I think there's a lot of times um people with egos, I think a lot of times people that see um money or, or Christianity as a form of money or whatever, these are terrible things. And I believe that that there'll be a judgment someday coming when you see TV evangelists on the air begging for money, and you know, you got to keep Jesus out of the bread because he's poor, and they got a Rolex watch and five Lear jets. You just go, you know, this mm-hmm. is just phony baloney. Um, and and you know, Jeff, I think every person that's a legitimate minister, I think these things trouble him. Somebody asked me one time. Why? Why did you start Christian radio? And I said because I didn't like Christian radio. And they go what? And I go no, because uh, uh, years ago it was it was the miracle wallets, it was the begging, uh, the begathons, the all that stuff that goes on. Now I'm not saying churches and um, Christian programming doesn't need that. And certainly we have people on our network that ask for money. I don't have a problem with that. But it's when their sole existence or existing is to beg for money, this is where I believe the problem comes in. And so, you know, again, keeping Jesus first. And I think that is what's so important. And I think it's very easy to get this uh, off. Uh, In the Bible, in the book of Acts, we find the seven sons of Sceva who were vagabond ex- exorcists. They were Jews going around uh, casting out demons. Now, most likely it was probably a dog and pony show, but they came across a guy that really was demon-possessed. And they said to this man, the Jesus that Paul speaks of, we adjure you. And they replied back, Jesus we know, all we know, but who are you? This man with these demons, jumped on these seven brothers, beat them up, tore their clothes off, and the last we find, they're still running in Scripture. So I think we, once again, always want to look, why do we do what we do? And I think that's really important. The Bible talks about that, not to let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Now, he's not talking about some kind of of mental illness there. He's saying you do what you do, because this is the need that needs to be met and i think a lot of times unfortunately people's own self advancement can get in there and i believe this is where the problems are the emphasis in a person's life if it's focusing on money it's focusing upon manipulation of people and things uh um uh, uh, trying to cause discord among the brethren. I think these are all real important things to look. I mean, look at Judas Iscariot. There with Jesus, saw the miracles that Jesus was doing, saw the multiplication of the loaves and the fishes, and yet with a kiss, no doubt, no less, dis, you know, um, uh, betrayed the Son of Man. Acting like he was Jesus' friend, and and yet... Uh, all along there was another motive in his heart. And I believe God has a special judgment for people like that. Oh, they might call themselves Christians, and they may even have some fruit in their life. But that doesn't mean their heart is really right with God. And I think this is where it goes back to, Daniel, to really understand that pure motive, I believe, that comes down from the Father of Lights. So, Daniel, hope that helps.
8: Yes, sir. Thank you.
3: Stay online, send you out the books, DVDs. I think you'll enjoy them. Great for evangelism. Let's go to John, Grand Junction, Colorado. Hi and welcome.
1: How are you guys doing today? Good. I'm working on my street evangelism. And uh, right. I call you guys to get answers for questions all the time. Here's the deal. is I study a, a guy named Gerald Flurry. Um, he has a show on Sunday morning. It's called The Key of David. And he talks a lot about uh, his books are kind of based on a gentleman named Herbert W. Armstrong. Um, a lot of his things, uh, he sends out some literature. It's all free. I've never paid a dime to, for any of this literature. And I was just wondering uh, what your thoughts are on this gentleman. Do you know who um, Herbert W. Armstrong is? And uh, is he's pretty solid, pretty sound as far as his uh, end-time prophecies? what he talks about, um, everything that I've read about him and read in his books, his literature, is almost spot on. I mean, he it doesn't miss. So I'm just curious about what you think of him, have you heard of him, and is it pretty solid?
4: Okay, Jeff, your thoughts. Well, no, he's not solid at all. I, I don't know what you've been reading, uh, but I can tell you that Herbert W. Armstrong was a false teacher, uh, head to toe, uh, Worldwide Church of God uh, propagated a lot of false teaching. Um, just trying to recall, there was one thing he taught. Uh, it was Anglo-Israelism. And the Anglo-Israelism taught that the current Jews were not the actual descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but that English, uh, British and uh, English-speaking peoples were now the heirs to the covenants. Now, how he came up with that is anybody's guess. So that was one weird thing, off thing that he taught. But a lot of things. He taught soul sleep. He taught that when you, uh, he taught that when you die, you don't go in the presence of the Lord, but you go into sort of a sleep-like state and that there's going to be three resurrections. Um, he taught that people would have a second chance to receive Christ when the Bible says is given unto a man to die once and after that the judgment he, he taught annihilationism meaning that when a lost person dies they are just annihilated there's no eternal soul to undergo uh, eternal torment uh, it's just not there so he he taught against eternal damnation for unbelievers and it just there were many things that he taught that are totally antithetical to the teachings of scripture so you know, if John, if I were you, I, I would you know, I don't know again what you got a hold of that you're reading, but I would Google it again and just just type in Herbert W. Armstrong, um, uh, false teacher question mark, and it'll give you all kinds of things that this man taught that were completely wrong. He really became, in my opinion, a cult leader, and uh, the Worldwide Church of God is. I would put it right there with, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons. Mormons or
3: anybody else. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah. So I'd be careful with Herbert W. John. Be real careful because he was not, uh, for sure not a sound teacher.
3: No, he's whacked. And, and again, I always tell people two things everybody have in common concerning cults. That is who is Jesus Christ and what is hell? And again, this idea of annihilation, of course, the Bible does not teach that. If you go to the book of uh, Jude, they will suffer the vengeance of eternal fire forever. And then, who is Jesus? He teaches that he was not the Son of God before he was born to the Virgin Mary. That is a cult. And again, um, Jesus has always been. We find in John 8, 58, Jesus said, Before Abraham was, I am. They picked up stones to stone him in the very next verse, claiming to be God. He claimed to be the I am of the Old Testament that Moses talked to. So to say that he wasn't the son of God until he was born, well, this is why he's wacky. Hope that helps, John. Okay,
1: yeah, it does, because he, uh, he talks about the church of Philadelphia, and he church about, it talks about um, the, the Laodicean era, of the church and so forth and so on so I was just curious um because yeah. he has a college that's got um about the Philadelphia church and so forth and so on so I read a couple of his books yeah. some like I said some of it, what he, he he talks about I went right to the scripture and it was spot on um
4: well the, the very there best are other false teachers. That
1: I question.
3: Yeah there, there there's yeah. always an element of truth that everybody yeah. all these cults bring in the problem is, it isn't the 100 the jelly beans uh, that will hurt you. It was the one that was dropped in the arsenic that you eat. And let me tell you, the devil will sell somebody a thousand truths to slip them the light. It'll kill them. And again, these two, predominantly, there is no hell. It's not eternal. It's annihilation. It's a beautiful place. No one goes to hell. It's a figment of your uh, uh, imagination. These are all false teaching. Jesus spoke 11 times about hell, and we find it is eternal. Again, the book of Jude clearly says that. And the second thing is Jesus is not God. He's the Son of God, or he became the Son of God. He's Michael the archangel. He's the brother of Lucifer. All these crazy doctrines that are out there. The Bible tells us he is God, and he's always been God. And again, all things, if we go back to the book of John, the first part, he says, all things were made by him. Speaking of Jesus Christ, without him, not anything that is made was made. He didn't become the son of God, as Hubert W. teaches. He always was the son of God. I personally wouldn't read anything that is produced by them. The verses that they will address you to uh, will prove their point out of context. And this is the whole problem, as all cults do. They don't take every single verse that pertains to that topic. They just take the ones that prove their twisted point. And so, John, I would strongly recommend anybody move as quickly away from that as you can. In fact, Garner Ted, his son, actually came out and refuted most of what Hubert W. was teaching and... Was which was really an amazing thing that he uh, came out and did this. Now, do you know anything about that, Jeff?
4: I I don't know as much about Garner Ted as I do Herbert W., because the Worldwide Church of God became a very, very um, present tense uh, cult that many people were buying into. And so I remember uh, doing a study on it and having to sort of inform myself on what his teachings were, even to the point of telling people you've got to obey the old Testament. You've got to recognize all the festivals and feasts. You've got to keep the Sabbath. I mean, it was just out to lunch. So as Mike said, John run from Herbert W and it won't hurt you a bit.
1: Hope that helps. Like it says in the scripture, brother rightly divide the the truth, man. And that's what I'm trying to do. I want to get strong and do my father's will. So that's, I, I would
3: recommend I would recommend you if you uh, some really good things you can do you can go to blueletterbible.org blueletterbible.org great um just a really good place you can go to uh commentaries hunch on that and then look at uh, Guzik Chuck Smith's. Um, if you want to go back even in a little bit farther time, back to the 1700s, you got Matthew, Henry. Those are going to give you a good, balanced, uh, line-upon-line understanding of God's Word, not hopscotching through the Bible like all the cults do. Well, look, the Bible says, uh, it talks about baptism for the dead, so the Mormon church baptizes for the dead. Do you know the only place baptism for the dead is mentioned? to a letter that Paul wrote to a really goofed up church. And he says, if you don't believe in life after death, why are you baptizing for the dead? He doesn't say you should be, he says, why are you? But that's their proof text. I've talked to Mormons, oh yeah, it's in the Bible. Well, hey, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible, but that doesn't mean that is what you should be doing. And again, the letters to first and second Corinthians were written to a church that it even turned communion into a drunken party. So this was a corrective letter. Paul says, why are you doing it? That means they shouldn't have been doing it. Never talked about anywhere else, but now one of their most sacred things that they do. Crazy things, John. Stay in line. I'll send you out some good things. Again, blueletterbible.org. Check out David Guzik, Chuck Smith, and some of the others. Randy, the rest, please call us back. We'll put you on first thing tomorrow. God bless you all. Good night.
1: All right. To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to every man and answer, PO Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226.